Hi, welcome to Shift. It's PwC Canada's podcast series, and we're digging into key digital trends and topics that can make your business transformation a reality. I'm your host, John Finkelstein, and I'm also the creative director of PwC Canada. Today, we have an amazing guest, Mark Bryant, who is the chief information officer of PCL Construction and latest recipient of a V2R award. Congratulations for doing that. I mean, tell us a little bit, what was it like? The award ceremony was awesome. I got to meet a, uh, a lot of peers and colleagues in, across multiple industries, and it was exciting. When you did the entry, did you think that you were going to win? How oh, we, knew we, were, we knew we were going to win. Yeah? Were you super confident? Like, we're PCL. Absolutely. We're super confident. i got an amazing team. We've made a significant transformation, so I knew I went in there with a high degree of confidence that we were going to uh, we we're going to take it away. That's wicked. Congrats. Tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you do at PCL? So I'm responsible at PCL uh, for the entirety of our IT operations and digital transformation strategy as it relates to moving technology forward in the organization, primarily with a focus on how do we drive uh, digital transformation in the field? How do we transform that operation of the organization to be more digitally enabled? To do things with a higher level of productivity, higher level of creativity, higher level of efficiency, higher level of quality, and higher level of safety. When I think of construction, I don't automatically go to digital transformation. I think of machinery and you know um, people constructing large buildings. Clarify for us a little bit about how digital and digital transformation plays a role in construction. Well, historically it hasn't, so it's a great question. So we, we do things on a job site today that we've done 50 years ago, 75 years ago, 100 years ago. And so that's where the opportunity is. And so taking away paper processes, streamlining and automating things that would be done by arms and legs moving. Um, a great example would be we use iPads on, on the job site today to do safety inspections and quality inspections. So we're doing things instantaneously at a job site today that historically we would take hours to get back to a subtrade. So those things, those digital technologies allow us to do things more efficiently make sure that we keep a high level of safety and high level of quality, and, and that's what customers want. So PCL is 110 years old. I've got to think there's all sorts of deeply rooted um, opinions. This is the way we do things. It's been working this way for 100 years, and we're like the top. Don't talk to me about iPads and digital transformation. I'm guessing, though. Tell me, was it difficult? Like, when you started the process... Was it one of those things where the organization goes, absolutely, we need to do this, or I'm skeptical? It's probably the 80-20 rule. So you probably have 80% of the people in the organization that say, yeah, we've always done it this way. We've battle-tested, battle-scared. We've gone through the battle-scared. We're going to continue doing it this way. And there's always that 20% that's just, you know, wants to disrupt a little bit more and, and open a change. So you have to find the people in the organization that are willing uh, to make the change and, and get them to be part of the change with you. If you don't, you won't have the organizational success. The other thing I could say is you can't boil the ocean overnight. You've got to start really small, uh, very tactical. Uh, where's the immediate business value? And work with those people that do want to disrupt and change. And then use that as your proving point. And if you can do that with, with one or two of the naysayers, bring them along for the ride, it adds credibility for the next one. And so you, you got to keep building on that momentum. You can't do one and stop. You've got to continuously keep adding momentum as, as you gain it. Ironically, you know, the demographics are shifting as well. So we have a lot, of more, a lot more young people coming in into the work face that need or expect your company to be in the digital era. And we bring students in to help 
us with the new thinking. What are they? And, and it's a great learning experience for everybody in, in each of those uh, specific roles because it allows us to see things that we may not have been thinking of, and it brings forward new ideas and, and, and that change. I think the most important thing in any organization is, is the management of people and change. And uh, without that, the technology doesn't matter. So part, partnering with a, a younger generation and allowing those students to come in and say, hey, have you guys tried this, is positively disruptive, I think, in the organization. Let's talk about change for a second. So you talked a little bit about it doesn't matter how great the idea is. If you don't have change management in place, if you don't have a way to get people on board, you're pretty much dead in the water. So tell us a little bit about how you, how you did that with MPCL. So that's change management around people is probably the most complicated thing. It was probably in the early days, it was probably one of the things we overlooked the most. I think people were a little bit scared that they were going to lose their job um, by us moving technology and infrastructure to the cloud. That's when the light bulb went on about managing the people change. So, you know, how do we get people on board, make sure that they're part of the process, um, understand what they want to do in the future. Uh, look for opportunities to retrain them, give them really good visibility into what was going to be next for them, and ideally something that they were passionate in. Communicating and evangelizing early and often. So I think it's, it's critically important to help people understand what's in the future, making them part of it, uh, retraining them, and uh, really getting them involved. I love what you said about, hey, consider it this way. So we're going we're gonna to change from X to Y, but in doing so, it opens up a whole world of potential opportunity that didn't exist before for you. Absolutely. You know, I, I had to ask people, uh, why did you get involved in technology? I personally got in tech, involved in technology 20-some-odd years ago because I don't like doing the same thing every day. I like, I like challenges. I like obstructions. I like figuring out how to get around them. I like embracing new technology. And I, and I think our change metamorphosis really woke everyone up to help them re-realize why they got into technology and re-engage their passion, re-engage their energy, and re-engage their spirit. There's a quote that I really like. It's very simple. Habit is the great deadener. And I find that that's, for me, I love tech as well, right? And doing things differently. And you find when you get into doing the same thing over and over and over again, you just go into autopilot and you just, nothing awesome happens. I think there's a lot of organizations that are in that stagnant state. And uh, so you have to take a leap of faith and you have to understand and have a vision of where you want to go, uh, how you're going to get there, how you're going to get people involved, how you're going to communicate it, and what the processes are. And if, if you don't have that crockpot of, of things and that, uh, of those ingredients in that crockpot, you're going to fail. And so it's, it's a great question because you have to have all those things in that crockpot for that, for that to taste good. And if you don't, then... Uh, you're going you're gonna to see something there, but you're probably not going to want to eat it. And if people aren't eating what you're selling, you're not going to have success. Maybe we could spend just a second telling us a little bit, a bit more fulsome, if you will. When you won V2R, what did you win for? Tell us a little bit about your transformation. I had a four-pronged strategy in my vision that I laid out. It was cloud-first mentality. How do we mobilize? How do we enable mobility in the field? How do we use data and analytics to drive decision-making? And then... What's the integration technologies that we use to, to stitch that all together? And so it was the combination of those four things that allowed us, that have allowed us to enable our digital transformation strategy. The fourth ingredient in that, in that mix, though, to, that is, as I said, more important than the technology is the people, getting, those, getting people on board. 
But I can tell you the those four things that we did that have transformed us significantly um, have set the stage for for the digital transformation that we're working on right now. But certainly, cloud first and foremost has, has allowed us to streamline the operations of what I would call traditionally technology operations of the business. So people keeping the keeping the blinking lights on and making in the back end that are usually not seen by most organizations. The mobile component of that strategy is enabling us to do quality inspections. Uh, safety inspections, the use of drones in the field, uh, augmented reality, virtual reality uh, in the field, driving different practices around construction, virtual estimating, uh, we're doing that as well. Then shifting to data analytics, we have a huge data analytics practice. Love to hear a little bit more about AR, VR and some of the practical applications. Do you have an example? Yeah, uh, sure. So uh, we're, we're building towers all over North America. There's a specific tower that we're doing today where uh, we've used augmented reality to allow an owner to visualize what a finished tenant suite will look like based on the materials and features and functions that the owner has, has specced. And we can actually take the owner right into the 45th floor of that facility, have them put on the goggles in an unfinished room and actually see what those finishes will look like. Um, so it gives the owner a great level of confidence that They've picked the right builder. They've picked the right materials. Augmented reality really gives you a feeling of comfort that it's going to be what you envisioned. And uh, when you're investing millions of dollars in a, in a building, um, that's peace of mind. That, again, uh, enables us to drive a different level of value and customer satisfaction before we even put a shovel in the ground. That's amazing. So you're entering another phase of your transformation. What's next? So excited to tell you, uh, this is probably one of the most exciting things I've worked on in my last 10 years in my career. So the next phase of our digital transformation is, is around two prongs. One is smart construction and one is smart buildings. And so let me tell you a little bit about those two things. So on the smart construction side, we're expanding that uh, business analytics that I referred to earlier to something called job site insights. So we're going to be leveraging IoT sensors to instrument job sites with sensors that measure things like heat, humidity, vibration, noise, barometric pressure, uh, volatile organic compounds, and we're putting those on the work face of, of a construction site to make sure that things like millwork, making sure that the, the temperature and the humidity in a room is kept at a constant so we don't have uh, millwork issues. We're instrumenting sensors on materials for materials tracking. Uh, we're instrumenting sensors on people to make sure that they're safe and we know where they are on the job site. And so those are, those are a few items that we're doing and currently active today in pilot phase uh, to enable a job site to be smarter. So our project analytics dashboard is going to graduate to job site insights that will have, you know, still have safety and financials and quality and all those other things, but we'll also have the telemet telemetry data from the IoT sensors that allow our construction manager, our general superintendent and project manager to have a really good view of what's going on at that job site at any given time. So that's job site insights. That's, that. that's, we don't think anyone else in the industry is doing it. Uh, on the flip side, we have owners continuously asking us for a smart building. Mm -hmm. And uh, a smart building could mean several things to people. So traditionally, a building management system is installed in, in all buildings, and that primarily focuses on energy. Uh, again, using IoT sensors, we want to be able to instrument or provide a buffet of sensors uh, to an owner that say, hey, 
You want to measure how many times the elevator is going up and down, we can put a sensor in that elevator. You want to understand how many people are coming in the west entrance versus the east entrance? Would you like a sensor to count people? Do you need facial recognition? Uh, the list goes on. If you can dream up a need, there's likely a sensor out there that does it. How can we, when we commission a building and turn it over to an owner, put all those sensors in, measure what they're doing, uh, give the owner great confidence that not only the traditional building management system, but all the sensors that they put in to manage their building, how can we hand that over to them with great confidence on a single pane of glass for them to then, on a go-forward basis, manage their building? And that's PCL's vision of an intelligent building. Yeah, it's really, really interesting. And I can totally see the power of all of that analytics, all of those sensors. Where does uh, privacy uh, and concern for privacy uh, factor in? Well, the only, the only area that privacy really would be an issue is if uh, we did something uh, that tracked you as an individual. And so depending on the state or the province that we operate in um, and the privacy laws there, there may be certain things that we have people review and sign and understand. Uh, and certainly we're, we're encountering that now. Uh, so early, early days for certainly around people tracking, and that's where privacy would, would come in. Smart buildings, smart technologies, IoT sensors, uh, cities are changing. What's your view? What do you think about smart cities and where's it going? So I don't think you can have a smart city without smart construction. And you can't have a smart, smart building without smart construction. I think smart cities are going to be a result of smart construction and smart buildings together. And we didn't refer to it earlier. I think one of the things that, that is equally important that needs to happen is uh, we need to have a good focus on artificial intelligence and machine learning. Uh, certainly as you start multiplying this thing out and the ability to scale it needs artificial intelligence and machine learning. So I think a smart city needs those things, but conversely, I think the smart construction and the smart buildings I referred to over time are also going to need those technologies to be capable. And so I think there's a, an amazing opportunity there, but I don't think it happens without really smart government regulation. And we've got pockets in Montreal, Toronto, and certainly Edmonton is a top 10 AI school. And I don't know if that's well known across the country. So we, I think we... We need to leverage those things. We need to embrace them. And if we don't, my, my concern as a, as a being a fortunate leader of a Canadian construction company and technology is that we may have a brain drain. So let's not educate our people here in Canada, have them go south of the border to feed a U.S. technology company. Let's keep them here locally and figure out how we can, uh, how we can embrace the technology solutions that, we're, that we have here, homegrown in Canada, and drive, drive greater prosperity for Canadians. Absolutely. I think you guys are kind of living the promise of smart construction and seeing a need for artificial intelligence, machine learning, and those skills. It's like it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy in a way, uh, which is awesome because, you know, I had the good fortune of um, interviewing Councillor Michelle Holland uh, on one of the podcasts, and she heads up the innovation economy for the city of Toronto working really closely with the mayor and, you know, going out around the world talking about how, and obviously her purview is just Toronto, so there's a lot going on in Vancouver as well, and how it's a hotbed of innovation and how we need to continually fuel it and not only to keep people here to, uh, I guess, mitigate the, the brain drain, but also attract people and to really be a leader in smart technology. It's a very exciting place to be. So you just painted an analogy, maybe without realizing it. What you just described is exactly what we had to do internally to drive our digital transformation at PCL. We had to make it exciting. We had to get people involved. We had to keep people engaged. 
we had to keep get small wins. We had to keep that momentum going. And that all allowed us to, to keep talent that we had, but also attract new talent as we transformed. And on a larger scale, we have to do that in cities across the country. And I, I, you know, I, think, uh, I think we have a phenomenal opportunity to reinvent our economy in a smart digital way. Well, think about, okay, you're, you're talking to um, a company that feels very legacy, uh, potentially you know, old school. We talked about that as being construction. And sort of the lessons learned are communication always seems to be the one that sticks out. Yes, you have to have a vision. You have to have a roadmap. You have to have, you know, executive and leadership buy-in and also uh, what's going on sort of the grassroots level. You have to communicate early and often and you have to show the benefits continuously, whether they're, they're worker-related, financially-related, or productivity-related. You always got to be able to show, here's what, here's what happened. Here's what's changed. Wins generate confidence. Confidence generates momentum. Momentum generates excitement. Excitement generates new thinking. New thinking generates the opportunity to drive new technology and, and new solutions. But if you get enough wins under your belt and continuously build that momentum, that crazy idea over there is no longer a crazy idea anymore. It's like, why don't we try it out? And so, you know, we spend a small amount of money on R&D that we may not have spent in the past. What's critically important everything I just said is it's okay to fail and then move on to the next thing. And so agile development helps us do that. An open mind helps us do that. So Mark, congratulations again on winning the reinventor award in our vision to reality awards this year. That is no small feat. I'm sure the competition was fierce and I'm glad that you were able to be in town to accept the award. Equally grateful for you spending time with us to talk about your transformation, uh, the highs and the lows and what it really took to transform what a lot of people might think in construction being a very kind of old school uh, legacy industry and really changing the game, not only to improve how you're doing work, why you're doing work, the type of work that you're doing, uh, and really becoming uh, the one to beat. Thanks, John. I really, really appreciate that. And I guess what I would say is uh, I'm grateful uh, to my team because my team earned the, re the award. Uh, I didn't do it as an individual. It was my team that earned the the award, and uh, I think we're only in the uh, in the first few innings of our digital transformation game, and certainly we're we're excited about the uh, the innings that we're playing in right now, and uh, what we're about to do next, and uh, pretty excited about it, to be quite frank. So it's awesome. It's a great time to be in IT. It's a scary time, but it's a great time as well. You're right. As soon as you finish one sprint or one area of a transformation, it leads to the next one. It leads to the next one. It's like small transformations lead to a much bigger one, and then a bigger one. Um, so there's no sitting around. Resting on your V2R laurels. I'm sure you're working on the, the next ideas for the next application for next year's 2019. We got the hologram in process. It's awesome. Great. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Shift. You can get more details at pwc.com slash CA slash shift. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, subscribe to our podcast series. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, or your preferred podcast platform. Just so you know, this podcast has been prepared by PricewaterhouseCoopers LLP, an Ontario limited liability partnership for general guidance on matters of interest only and does not constitute professional advice. Until next time.